0: Hello, a quick interruption before we get started with today's show. I just relaunched six week keto weight loss. This is my group coaching program that I open up for registration about twice a year, where I take you through live coaching calls, a bunch of lessons and videos and teach you how to lose weight from a holistic functional perspective. We're talking about hormones, we're talking about liver health and gut health, and how these things can stand in your way from losing weight. It's six weeks it comes with lessons videos pdfs quizzes i put together your personalized macros for you and so much more You can find out more information and reserve your seat by going to healthfulpursuit.com slash six week. Again, that's healthfulpursuit.com slash six week. That's the number six and the word week, W-E-E-K. I hope to see you over there and we will get started September 13th. Okay, on to the show. Hello, this is episode 328, where we are chatting about how to be the busiest human and still do the ketogenic diet. If our guest today can eat keto, there's legit no excuse for anyone. I swear he is the busiest human I've ever met. (laughs) We're going to be talking about changes that one sees on the ketogenic diet, body and nutrition as an idol, people picking at your nutrition choices, how to kind of like weave your way around that, Uh, changes that we've seen over time, how keto supports the schedule and doesn't get in the way of things and how to kind of flip the switch on all of that, how keto can positively influence your work, so many things. It was just so great to pick our guest's brain today and how he kind of looks at the ketogenic diet and the differences as opposed to making everything an excuse, which I'm also very good at. So our guest today is Dallas Jenkins, the son of the celebrated Left Behind author, Jerry jenkins who first produced the independent feature hometown legend at the age of 25 and shepherd it to distribution by warner brothers in the nearly 20 years since he has directed and produced over a dozen feature and short films for companies such as universal lionsgate pureflix hallmark channel and amazon his most recent film the resurrection of gavin stone was released in theaters in 2017 he is now the creator of the largest crowdfunded media project of all time a multi-season series about the life of christ entitled the chosen oh it's good it's so good i can't wait for you to hear today's episode if you have questions about today's content you can go to healthfulpursuit.com contact and ask me you can catch up on previous podcast episodes and notes from today's show by going to ketodietpodcast.com okay let's do this thing Hey, I'm Leanne Vogel, and you're listening to the Keto Diet Podcast. I've put together a free 21-page guide on achieving weight loss on your keto diet if nothing is working as a little thank you for being here today. Grab your free guide at ketoforwomen.com to get the steps you need to overcome the hurdles standing in your way. Hey, Dallas, how are you today?
1: I am so excited. I do podcasts all the time and interviews all the time. And I honestly can tell you, this is not just, I'm not just saying this. You're the one I've been most looking forward to, because as I've told you, I've been a fangirl of yours for several years. When I first started doing keto, I immediately took to it. I immediately loved it. It worked for me. I'd been eating healthy for a long time, but I'd always kind of felt bloated at times. I never felt fully great until I switched to keto. So I became a fan of like Dr. Berg and Thomas Lauer, some of the normal heroes. And then I came across you. Kind of accidentally because my wife started doing keto and it didn't do well for her. She didn't do great. She had gallbladder issues. It wasn't going great. But I was looking up something like one problem and you came up and you started talking primarily to women and saying keto is different for women than it is for guys. And I'm like, okay, there we go. And so for the last four years, or so I think I've been doing keto for four or five years, even on the set of my show, when I'm talking to some of the women on our show who are experimenting with keto or trying, I always say, all right, Leanne Vogel, go find her. She's for you. She's more for you than even the other heroes of keto are because she specifically talks about issues that are specific to women. And so I just, I've been a fan of yours for a while. So when I heard you like the show, I'm like, I got to get on her podcast. I got to talk to her somehow. So this is really fun for me.
0: This is so crazy because I do the same thing with your work, like all through church, everywhere I go, I'm like, have you watched The Chosen? Have you watched The Chosen? You love Jesus? You have to watch The Chosen. You don't? You have to watch The Chosen. It's such a good show. So I love that we're both doing that in our separate worlds. So it's, I normally don't get butterflies when I have people on the show, but today I was like, Dallas is coming on my show. This is a really big deal. I have to wash my t-shirt. I have to be ready for this.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you're wearing your you're wearing your binge Jesus shirt, which is really cool. But yeah, this is this will be a little bit of a mutual fangirl session. We'll try to keep on topic so the listener can actually (laughs) learn something. But in the meantime, I just I'm really excited to be doing this.
0: Exactly. Well, I really wanted to focus today's episode on talking about doing keto while being super busy. And like I said, before we started recording, you're probably the busiest person. I know of in the earth. So I'd love to kind of talk about what your schedule looks like. And then we'll get into how keto fits into that. But like, what are you doing on a daily basis, a weekly basis? Let's set us the tone for your schedule.
1: Well, I'll just give an example of today, because today kind of represents the the gist of what I'm doing. Because As some people know, The Chosen, it's a multi-season show about the life of Christ. And the unique thing about it is we've done it completely outside the system. So it's not on Netflix. It's not on any major cable network. There's no studio or platform that's writing big checks for us to do this. Our season one was crowdfunded. Uh, Season two is paid for also by the fans. Totally free. They don't have to pay for it. But if they want to, it's how the show keeps going. So the reason I bring that up is because I'm not just creator of the show. And I not only have to execute the show, I also have to, for lack of a better term, sell the show. I have to make sure that people are continually watching it and discovering it. And then hopefully we don't force them, we don't even pressure them, but hopefully keeping it funded so that we can keep doing all seven seasons, which is our plan for The Chosen. So the reason I'm setting that up is because today alone, I'm finishing up the editing on episode eight of season two. I am writing or working on the writing of season three, I had a meeting to talk about the sets and the big, huge soundstage and sets we're building for season three, hoping to shoot in the fall, figuring out if that's even possible. And then I'm also I'm doing Friday afternoons are when I do my, the most of my interviews, like what I'm doing with you today. So I had a couple of those. So today alone fits into, I I have to write it, I have to edit it, I have to plan it, and I have to sell it. (laughs) And I don't need any, I mean, I'm not asking for sympathy. It's what I've been called to do, and it's kind of how the show works. But yeah, it's crazy. And even before I came on with you, I was, unfortunately, I have to admit, I was about five to seven minutes late with you, because after my previous interview, it was two o'clock in the afternoon here in Chicago. And so I really wanted to get my workout in because... If I didn't, then I would never get it in today. And tomorrow's crazy, this weekend's crazy. So I had to get that in. And then I brought with me my one of my keto drinks that I'm ingesting while I'm doing this podcast with you. While you're talking, I'll mute myself so that no one hears me uh, chewing. But uh, yeah, it is it is a little bit crazy. I, my hours are typically, I, I'm a night owl. I do my best work at night. So I typically sleep from about three o'clock till about 9.30 or so, 9, 9.30 in the morning. And then I just try to get everything done the rest of the day and survive it. So hopefully I'll find ways to get some rest in between all this. But right now we're just trying to keep the the train moving.
0: And you're also a dad.
1: (laughs) I'm a husband and father of four, and I really want to be a good dad. So yes, I should have mentioned that because that's actually my number one priority. So I don't do any of my work once I stop for dinner and we all get together for dinner. Then I'm with the kids and my wife until 10 o'clock at night or so. So I don't do any work during that period of time. So that's why I'm willing to sacrifice a little sleep to make sure that I don't sacrifice being a dad or husband.
0: Yeah, a little sleep, six hours. I couldn't do it. So that's amazing. (laughs) That is Six six is
1: awesome. Six six is way more than like when I'm filming, I'm lucky to get four and a half. So six is actually a luxury. And for me, I know everyone's journey is different. But for me, that's one of the biggest benefits of keto is that I actually, and I've heard this from some experts too, that not only can you, because it increases your energy, helps you if you have a bad night of sleep, but it actually, you don't according to a few experts that I've read, you don't have to have quite as much sleep as you did before. Now, it's still important to get as much sleep as you can. But for me, six hours is actually pretty good. And I operate quite well with that.
0: That's amazing. And so how did the keto thing get started? It sounds like it's benefited your shoot schedule and all that stuff and made it more convenient for sleep wise. But like, where did this start? And where did you come from before? Can you kind of paint a picture of what it was like before keto and why you started?
1: Yeah, so I'm 45 now. And when I was 30 years old, I had been somewhat health conscious most of my life. My dad and both my brothers have each at different times in their life, a couple of them currently, weighed 400 pounds. I mean, I come from a family of obesity, in my extended family as well. So I never got to that place where you get so overweight, the thought of having to lose all that weight is so debilitating. You just don't even really try, or you try and then you stop after a week. I was always kind of more vain than my the rest of my family members. So if I started to put on a few, I would kind of quickly correct it. But I was 30 years old is when I started to see pictures of myself and realized that I was at my heaviest and I, all the cracks were filled in. I just looked fleshy (laughs) is the word I always like to use, puffy and fleshy. And so I got real serious and started losing weight and I was doing P90X and all this stuff, and just eating healthier in general. And I, I was doing that for about 10 years and I never fully felt great. You know, like I'd have a really healthy meal of like chicken and sweet potato and broccoli, for example, and I'd feel bloated. And I just assume that's just feeling full after you have a meal. And it wasn't until about four years ago, I think, four or five years ago, where I just randomly came across some health magazine. It had a picture of all these keto foods, like steaks and bacon and eggs and cheese and all this stuff. And I was intrigued by that because that's that's my jam. And they said the diet that's you know, or the, I don't remember what the words they use, but they just said they were kind of saying the thing that the new the new craze. So I read about it. And everything that it said made sense to me. And I started doing research and it talked about, do you feel bloated after you eat? Maybe you're carbon tolerant. All these types of things that really worked for me. And so I said, I'm just going to go for it. And I didn't really get a keto flu because I had been doing relatively well. I was relatively low carb anyway, but within about three or four weeks, I mean, I everything that they say felt true. I, I was sharper. I felt great. I was already intermittent fasting anyway, so that was a natural byproduct. So my goodness, it just changed everything for me. I just instantly felt better. I just knew this was right for me. And so I've been doing it for about four or five years. Now, I cheat sometimes, of course. And when I go to my parents' house for Christmas for a week, I just let myself completely go. But that became just my new operating principle. And it really made a huge difference for me. And it's helped me like when I'm filming because I don't have... That like when we do 12 hours of filming and let's say the hours are like two in the afternoon to two in the morning or whatever, I'll see a lot of people on the crew sometimes, you know, this be like, they'll start to get weighed down or they get brain fog. And I just, that just doesn't really happen to me. I just feel like really sharp. So I also started realizing like my doctor, totally against it, totally freaked out by it. When he tested on did all my blood work after he found out that I was on keto, my cholesterol was high. So he's like, "I got to get you on, you know, statins if you don't stop." And uh, but every every other measurement was like awesome, except for cholesterol. And I did more research on cholesterol and was like, that seemed to be just an overrated element of things. And I'm like, look, I don't think anyone can argue with how I just feel so much better in every conceivable way. So that's a long answer to your question, but that's kind of how it started, and it's just been by far the most sustaining thing. And I'll find even when I'm. If I have a bad week, let's just say I just cheat for a week, I'm just kind of feeling crappy, it's within a day of getting back on keto that I just like, oh, this is why I do keto because I just feel better all the way through.
0: keto flu, impossible fasting symptoms that stop you mid fast cravings at any hour of the day or feeling off after a sweaty workout. These are some of the signs that you're low in electrolytes. When I first started keto, I made all of the mistakes. One of the biggest ones was not supplementing with electrolytes. And still seven years into keto, I often forget how essential electrolytes are. Honestly, it's easy to forget to take electrolytes because well, a lot of them don't taste very good or work very well. Enter Element, the most delicious, well-balanced electrolyte powder I've personally tried like ever. Add to water and enjoy any time of day. These electrolytes are salty, as they should be, quenching your thirst and hitting the spot. And the best part, when you head to drinklmnt.com KDP, you'll receive a free, element sample pack. You only pay $5 for shipping. The sample pack includes eight packets of element that includes two citrus, two raspberry, two orange, and two raw unflavored. Go to D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T.com forward slash KDP for your free sample pack. I love Element, and I really think you're going to too. Again, that's drinkelement.com forward slash KDP to get your free sample pack. And if you don't love it, they will refund your $5, no questions asked. It's interesting. I was chatting with one of my friends who's also obsessed with her show. And we were saying, you know, I wondered. this is before I knew that you were keto. It's like, I wonder if Dallas is keto because his brain works very quickly. You can tell on the YouTube channel. And my friend is also a keto coach. And he's like, yeah, I mean, do you think he's keto? And then the very next day you were in, I think a VRBO or something, and you guys were ready to shoot. And you were like, I went to the grocery store. I went to some market and I found all these things and check out all my keto haul. And I was like, called it yes of course (laughs) it makes life a lot easier
1: that's really interesting yeah i think uh i mean i've always kind of been a fast talker and and a quick thinker i think but uh, yeah since keto it's it's for sure just kind of elevated it and made it sharper more consistently like more common i just don't have those drops, but yeah every time i land so let's say i'm going to be shooting for the next three months in a different place from my home I'll land and I immediately go to the local market that I can find that's more health driven and it's you know I find all my staples, my travel staples, you know the sardines and all the oils and the and the butter and cheese and bacon and eggs and all that stuff, all the things that I know that I will be responsible for on my own that I'm capable of. So yeah, I just I just took everyone through it. I just showed them my haul and uh, how I do it.
0: And what about eating out? Like when you're traveling, do you eat out a whole bunch or do you mostly just go to the grocery stores and stick to homemade stuff when you can?
1: So for example, uh, in a couple of weeks, I'm going to Los Angeles and I'll be there for a week. So when I'm only there for a short amount of time, I really don't cook. And I go out and I usually buy maybe bone broth and sardines, just a couple of kind of easy things, dark chocolate. But I don't. I just don't have time when I'm traveling. Usually for a short amount of time, I've got so much work to do and I'm gonna be going out every time. So I just make sure I have a green tea and a few staples. But then for the most part, I, I'm just gonna go out and I'm gonna eat the high fat thing on the menu. And it becomes kind of a dirty keto for that week if I'm lucky. Sometimes I just, if I, I'm going to a certain place that has a restaurant that's I truly love and I just go, you know what, this week or these two days or whatever it is, I'm just not gonna worry about it. I'm just gonna enjoy my favorite restaurants in this particular town. And I'm not very good. And I just go ahead and and kind of gorge on my favorite guilt trip options. So I definitely don't do as well when I'm traveling for a short amount of time as I do normally. And even when I do, even if I stay keto for that short trip, it tends to be a dirtier keto. And then if it's there's this kind of sweet spot where it's like if it's four or five days, I can probably just Cheat a little bit. If it's about seven days, I'm going to stick to it and do pretty well. I get in a good routine. But then when I'm going to be traveling for a long period of time, if I'm gone for three months, I actually do phenomenal. Like when I'm filming, I'm actually, that's what's interesting to me when I hear people say, I was so busy, I couldn't do keto, or I was so busy, I just, you know, I cheated or I I got off my plan. I find that when I'm super busy, meaning I'm filming the show and it's, you know, two months of 12 hour days. And it's just nonstop. I mean, it's just truly, and my family is coming to visit me for a couple weeks at a time. By the way, I'm just, I'm, you know, we're moving to Texas this summer and I'm going to be home more, much more even when I'm filming, but that's another story. Long story short. I actually find I do better when I'm super busy because I don't have the time to start drifting in my discipline. I just, I feel like, I don't know, I'm locked in. My discipline muscle is activated. And There's a book called The Power of Habit, which I believe is the best book, life coach book in the world, bar none for anything that you're struggling with. It's called The Power of Habit. It's extraordinary. And it talks about how when you're working out, you actually do better in other disciplines as well. When you're practicing one discipline and you're staying locked in in that, it kind of exercises your discipline muscle in your brain and you start doing well in other areas. So I would argue that the busier I get, And the more disciplined I am in my work, I actually start doing better health wise too, because I just, I don't know, I feel like I'm locked in and I just make sure that when I go to the restaurant. I'm just in the zone and I'm ordering the fish and the olive oil or the salad with the high fat stuff and I just do really well. So that tends to be my sweet spot is when I'm when I'm really focused on work.
0: I would agree with you. I know that there were a couple of years where I was touring nonstop and I was at home for maybe a month every four or five months. And when I was on tour, I mean, I was flying every morning. The process was fly in the morning, get to the place by noon, check into the hotel, do my hair and makeup, go to the event, get home at 10 and so I was fasting all day. I would have something right before the event, a dinner right before bed, and it would repeat. And I got into a mate, like, that was probably the healthiest, nutrition wise, I was, you know, adrenal right. wise, not so much, but you kind of get into that flow. So I agree with you. It's always challenging when people say I was so busy, I didn't make the right choice. And I'm like, when I'm busy, I make all the right choices because I don't have time. And I think too, yeah. when you know, you have to be on point, you know, I always think, should I have that sandwich? I have that interview tomorrow. And if I have that sandwich, my mind is going to be really slow. and I'm not going to be able to answer right. the questions quickly. So I'm going to have this keto thing so that I can show up properly. Do you find that's yourself too of just, you know, that your default feels better on keto?
1: Yeah, I've done that before I got ready to shoot because I'm like, I I need for the next month and a half when I'm filming, I'm I'm, going to have to be focused so clearly for so long. I can't afford to have my cheat week. Or my, you know, because sometimes like I'll celebrate the end of filming by just for a weekend or for whatever. I just eat whatever I want just to kind of celebrate. But when I'm leading up to filming, I'm for sure focused on not having a cheap week then because I know I just really need to make sure that I'm in the zone, that I'm in ketosis, that my brain is operating on all cylinders. Do you ever do like 24 hour fasts or 36 hour fasts? I just don't remember that if I've seen that on your channels. I used
0: to, but I don't anymore because I just, for women that have hormone issues specifically, I just, until you get to menopause or if you have PCOS or something or diabetes or metabolic issues, hundred percent, 24, 48, 72 hours, go for it. But for women, I just, I haven't been able to find a woman that can do that for long periods of time when she has low hormones, and that's yeah. my case. I would do 24 hour fasts, and there's this new have you seen the BioSense tool? You can like track your ketones mm. through your breath, you would it's so cool, and it gives you your sweet spots for fasting. And so you can get into those zones, but with your adrenals and hormones, it's just for women, no, can you?
1: Yeah, so well, I don't do it all the time, but I, usually about once every couple of weeks, I might do a 24 hour fast occasionally about once every couple of months, I'll do close to 72 hours. That's just kind of a, I do that uh, two times a year, maybe two, three times a year. But the reason I was bringing it up is because when I'm traveling, that's when it's the easiest for me to do that because the flight seems to take up kind of time. You're not going to eat anything on the plane anyway. I always feel like traveling helps me with my fasting a whole lot more because it's just easier for me to to not eat on a plane, or to it seems to just kind of make the time go by quicker. And so if I ever want to do a 24-hour fast, I'm like, oh, the perfect time to do that is when I'm flying to LA for this, because I can just, I get up in the morning, so I eat the night before I get up in the morning, I'm going to fly, I'm going to get there in the afternoon, I'll just wait until dinner to eat. Now I've just done 24 hours and it feels great. So, But yeah, intermittent fasting for me has also, I started doing that before keto. And that was a game changer for me as well so intermittent fasting plus keto i'm all on board and it helps everything including my workouts like working out fasted is for sure especially when i'm on the road i don't work out as well when i'm on the road for sure like when i do a week-long trip i don't work out and that i'm just no good at it and i don't have my weights i I don't have anything so i just don't do as well but long term uh, i'll slip in a quick one like early in the morning before i have to go to work and the fasted part of that just makes that so much better.
0: So what brings you back? I'm sure there's a bunch of people, they start eating. For example, you said when you go to visit your family, you're eating all the things. How, when you get home, are you just like, okay, back to keto, no big deal. I don't want a, I don't know, a cake, or I don't want to make pie or whatever that thing is for you. How do you get refocused? Is that a challenge for you? Or is it just kind of your default? Okay, well, back to keto, or do you struggle with that at all?
1: I used to and I know this is true of most people that I know who struggle with obesity or struggle with food addiction or whatever. I'm I'm food obsessed for sure. I would say that, you know, I'm a, I'm a strong Christian believer, obviously I'm doing a show about Jesus. And uh I believe that gluttony is a sin, it can be an idol, it can be something that can really take you away from your faith. But I also believe the opposite can be true too. And I struggle with that. I struggle with idolizing health idolizing and being obsessed with food, whether it's I'm cheating or I'm not cheating. Food is on my mind way, way, way too much. So the reason I say that is to answer your question, I used to struggle with, okay, I've cheated for three days, might as well make it four. All right, I'll get on the bath next Monday when we start a new week. Oh, I missed that Monday. Okay, I guess I'll start next month. You know, I am someone who does better when I have kind of a target like you know, once uh, Monday morning at eight o'clock, I'm going to start and I'm and I, then I can actually be pretty focused. So I used to be bad at that. Now I'm the opposite. So if I have a bad week, I start to look forward to the following Monday when I'm going to start over again. And I do think that's in general, a good thing. I think it is good to think ahead and to go. So for me, just to, if, if someone's looking for a tip, the best chance I have at getting back on the wagon on Monday morning is if I think on Saturday or Sunday, all right, I'm getting back on the wagon Monday morning. I'm going to do it no matter what. So, I really better enjoy Sunday. So, Sunday, I, it's, I actually make my cheat meal as good as it can possibly be, as opposed to focusing on the Monday morning switch. And so, I just really enjoy myself. I, I don't feel bad about it. I know I'm going to get back on the wagon on Monday. And then I do. So, I find that shifting my focus from what it's going to be like when I get back on the wagon to focusing on how much fun I'm going to have on the day before has actually been good for me it's actually helped and then you know it kind of i feel like i'm able to last longer for several months before i cheat again because i'm like oh i really enjoyed myself i got what i wanted and if i just wait another month to another cheat day for example i'm going to make it just as much fun as it was the last time so that's kind of been how i've been able to manage it
0: I am ready to share with you my very favorite fat packets to travel with me everywhere I go. Superfat makes the cleanest, most delicious fat packets on the market today. For real. I've tried some gnarly options seeking out the best of the best for you guys. Each superfat packet has two to three grams of net carbs, no dairy, they're gluten-free, grain-free, no fillers, funky sweeteners, or palm oil. Just awesome ingredients, great and durable packets to keep in your gym bag, church bag, ditch bag, hiking bag, swim bag, purse. You get the idea. And if you love them as much as I personally do, you can get jarfuls of the stuff also. You can use the code KDP20 at superfat.com slash KDP20 to get 20% off everything superfat. Load up multiple times. You can go wild. That's superfat.com slash KDP20 and the code KDP20 to load up on their fat packets. Something, a key piece there that took me many, 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 many years to figure out is if you're not being present with the cheat meal. Or that yeah. experience, like if you're not just sitting down with that favorite thing. For me, it's carrot cake. Like, oh, oh baby, I love carrot cake. Yes. <laughs> like,
1: I'm oh, and, I'm a huge carrot cake person. Yeah.
0: Oh, and the keto stuff, it just it's not the same. It's just not the same. So I sit there with the carrot cake, and there's a big difference between eating like nobody's gonna see me. This really sucks. It's not on my diet. I diet starts on Monday, as opposed to making it, sitting down with my family, being there, smelling it, enjoying it. Maybe having some coffee with it, being like, this carrot cake is so good. Like, and just being there, it changes everything.
1: Well, when you think on the long term, too, when you think, okay, I'm going to be alive for, you know, hopefully somewhere between 80 and 100 years. And over the course of my life, is this week going to kill me? I mean, am I going to be fat? Or am I going to be unhealthy over the course of my life because I enjoyed this carrot cake? Or I just had a week when I went to my parents' house, and I just didn't want to be that person who can't even enjoy what everyone else is enjoying on the Christmas meal, because I'm really trying to get those last couple pounds, or I'm really trying to stay focused, and I just don't want to be that. And I have been able to kind of step back and say, over the course of this year, I have been on keto, or I've been healthy 98% of the time, and I'm better this year than I was last year, or I still am close to how I want to look, or I still am you know, feeling good. And this week isn't going to hurt me, so why not just enjoy it as much as I can? And now, for some people, it really it hurts you. I mean, some people can't really do that. They have a carrot cake, and they're going to be sick for two days. So I don't ever like to prescribe anything that I think is going to apply to everybody. But whatever that is, I do think I think we're both saying the same thing, which is the key to getting back on the wagon is making sure that when you're off it, you really enjoy it. <laughs>
0: Completely. And I think also another piece you said is, yeah, gluttony is one side of it, but having nutrition and body stuff as an idol, that's something that I've definitely noticed over the last couple of months, just where I put my energy and where I think that I can be Saved through having a certain body type or a certain way of looking. And I think that's really important to check our hearts on that and see is food nourishing us and what kind of emotions do we have when we don't hit it? You know, there are a lot of people that it, they beat themselves up over their choices. For weeks after they make yeah. a decision or after they get off the wagon. And so that's really important. And I'm glad that you brought that up. So you meet with a lot of people, you're on set, you have lots of people around you. Do people pick your nutrition choices or kind of make fun of you or question things and how do you deal with that dynamic when you're like I'll have the salmon with butter with extra butter and some olive oil please
1: <laughs> Yeah I mean I get teased a lot I talk about keto a lot so I'm trying to actually get better at that my wife at one point just said I don't want to hear another word about keto or about any food choices it's it's getting annoying and I think she was rightfully saying it's becoming an obsession and so I've tried to work on that a little bit but yeah I get teased often but on set what I find a lot is you'll see crew members or even actors will sometimes they'll be chomping on something, they're eating the candy that's at the craft services table or whatever. And they'll make a comment like, well, this is why I've got my big gut and Dallas doesn't, or this is why Dallas has so much energy at one o'clock in the morning. Like, I don't want this to sound at all arrogant, but I do believe that I set a fairly decent example of energy and Health and I'm doing so many videos and pictures all the time, and I'm I'm in a place where I when I look at them I'm not embarrassed. I'm kind of like yeah no this I'm I'm not obsessed with myself, but I'm like okay good I'm looking okay. I don't look like I'm putting on on the weight. And so many people on film crews say that filming they actually gain ten pounds, and so if anything I get questions. I mean I get like I've converted. And the process of doing a Jesus show, I've converted as many people to keto as I have to Jesus, <laughs> because there's uh, not only do people love end up after they watch the show or work on the show, they, they find themselves asking questions about Jesus and learning more about Jesus. They also find themselves asking questions about keto, like, all right, explain this to me. Why did you say no to this item, which is, doesn't seem unhealthy to me, and why are you loading up on bacon, and why are you loading up on the butter and whatnot? And uh, and I get a chance to explain it to them, and the proof is in the pudding because of my energy and because of the focus that I have, and and so they just they tend to ask a lot of questions. So it's it's actually been a quite good thing, and I think you do have to just develop. I mean, I think I have a superpower in general, and that I just don't really care what criticisms I get if I believe I'm doing the right thing. I believe in society we have a I think that hypersensitivity is just as bad, if not worse, than hyper negativity. Because if you're not hypersensitive, then the negativity won't really matter anyway. It just has no power, whereas hypersensitivity has power till you die. So I feel like as a general rule, whether it's a diet or whether it's anything that you choose to do, if you really believe that you're doing the right thing and you've got people around you who are affirming you or your relationship with God, you feel right in your spirit about that then who cares? (laughs) So I'm doing a show that's right now about Jesus, and it's in every country in the world, and it's every people of every faith tradition are watching it. And every single day, at least 200 people call me a heretic or a blasphemer or an idiot or whatever. And it's just easy. I just find it's important to kind of rely on or pay attention to the people who are inspired by it or impacted by it or saying good things about it and not really worrying about the people you don't really know who have something to criticize. So I think the same is true. To I'm, I'm, Again, I'm, I apologize. I'm giving really long answers to your questions, but the keto thing, because I don't really care if someone is unhappy with what has actually made me feel really good and healthy, <laughs> or they want to make fun of it. I just think it's funny. And uh, if they want to join me, they can.
0: I think the piece to this, and you answered it previously, is that when you hear something or your doctor says, your cholesterol is too high, you're not like, oh, maybe my cholesterol is too high. You're like, Wait a minute, I'm going to do my research and I'll get back to you on that. So I think creating that solid base and understanding why you are doing what you're doing and how that's influencing your body. I think a lot of people, if we're having that hypersensitivity, it's because we don't actually know why we're doing the thing and we don't have any basis to understand Our actions, would you agree? That's
1: really, that's a great point. I think, yeah, hypersensitivity usually comes from whether it's a self esteem issue or not, or it's usually fear based. It's, I'm fearful that people won't like me, or I'm fearful that people will disagree with me. And that is very often rooted in a lack of confidence or a lack of knowledge like you'll see people when they're debating sometimes they're so sure of themselves that what the other person is saying doesn't even register and then you see people who are so unsure of themselves that everything the other person's saying is like hurting their feelings or causing them to want to stop the conversation or causing them to cry or turning off their social media altogether and it's like you know how about we find a middle ground how about we just kind of go hey look my life is not going to be defined by what others are saying I'm going to do my own research. I'm going to ask my own questions. I'm going to remain curious. That's something I've really admired about you, Leanne. I just, I mean, I recently saw a video that you did. I don't even remember the specific topic, but you were saying I used to do this all the time, and I found that it didn't quite work for me. And I'm sure that you've got videos from two or three years ago that aren't wrong, but that you don't apply anymore because you've learned something new about your body or you've discovered something new. And I think that's fantastic. And I think that's one of the reasons why you're successful is because people are going on a journey with you. You're not claiming to be an arrived expert. And I think that's also what's fascinating about watching your journey of faith is that you're going, okay, I just discovered something amazing and it's changing my life and maybe it can change yours as well. And let's go on this journey together. And that's always going to have result in so much more depth and of understanding and depth of joy than if you're just switching from one extreme to the other based on either criticism you got or based on a bad feeling you had one day. And so that's what's been really cool about watching watching your journey over the last several years.
0: Oh, thanks Dallas. Yeah, it definitely has in kind of seeing, understanding that I've always been a truth seeker to run right into the truth, which is Jesus. I mean, right. it's bound to happen, right? I mean, we pray that it happens for everybody, but yeah, I think that's a really big piece is understanding what the truth is, not my truth not a thing, understanding what the truth is, and then holding fast to that, no matter what people say, or how people influence things, or what rules are changing out there in the cultural sphere that you have yourself rooted in that. And I think that's a huge, huge deal. Speaking about what others say, you know, I've watched your um, interview with Melissa, which wow, wow, You held your own. That was great. That was such a beautiful interview. And you described things so well, paneled our listeners who absolutely love the show. And I wanted to spend some time asking their questions of the show. Because if I had you on the Keto Diet Podcast, and I didn't ask my listeners what they wanted to ask, they'd be really upset. So I think the big thing was what's going to happen after The Chosen? Because... Once it's done, is that it? <laughs> like, are you going to do Paul's life? Are you going to do Acts? Are you are you going to highlight each disciple? Like, we can't live yeah. without the chosen. That was a big. That was a big <laughs> one. At least a hundred people said the same thing.
1: <laughs> okay, well, that's very sweet. We're still in season two, so of the chosen, and there's going to be seven seasons, so we got plenty of time to just enjoy the chosen and the stories of the gospels. To answer your question of what's next after the chosen, I'm going to take a year long nap when I'm done with The Chosen and just uh, kind of reflect on and and sleep on what I've experienced over the last few years because it's been an incredible ride. If we believe that the fans really do want a show that covers the Book of Acts and explores the story of Paul and the other apostles in their journey, And so if I believe that the fans really want that and that they're going to watch it and be impacted by it, and I believe that God has something to say or that I have something to say that I believe is important for the world to hear, then I'll do it. If the rest of my life, my career involves telling Jesus stories, telling Bible stories, I could do a whole lot worse. I mean, that would be a beautiful thing. But I'm not in the game of predicting anymore or having even really defined goals anymore. I'm on what my wife calls the manna program, which is when in the Old Testament, when God gave the Israelites their daily manna and uh, nothing more and each day they came out hands outstretched and they got their food for that day and that was good enough and uh that's where i'm at i'm not i just need to focus on making a good television show and i'm focused on introducing jesus to the people all over the world and after that we'll figure it out but for now i'm just focused on getting season two finished (laughs)
0: which is a great season. I mean, I say that about every episode. Everyone I watch, I'm crying at least three times. I'm screaming at the television uh, something. My husband doesn't even watch it with me anymore. <laughs> like, he's like, you watch it first by yourself. And after a couple of days, we'll watch it together. Uh, we actually have a viewing party for the next episode that's coming out. We're having people over. And I told them mm-hmm. like, just so you know, I'm probably going to be crying and yelling <laughs> and and talking. What are your thoughts about the different types of people that are watching the show like denominations or believers, non-believers, like what kind of yeah, what are just your thoughts about the types of people that are watching the show?
1: Yeah, I guarantee you that if you're listening to this podcast episode right now, there are literally thousands of other people just like you who enjoy the show or I shouldn't say enjoy the show because I don't want to be arrogant enough to assume everyone enjoys it, but uh, I'm just saying we have viewers of every stripe. So LDS, Jewish, Catholic, evangelical, all the shades of evangelical, and non-believers. I mean, over half our cast and crew are not Believers—they'll range from atheist to agnostic to believers. I mean, we have all of all of the stripes are on our cast and crew, and all of the stripes are among our viewership. And I think the reason for that is, is because, like, when I watch Star Wars or if I watch Game of Thrones or Harry Potter or anything that's more supernatural, I don't believe. In the force, and I don't believe in the world of Star Wars, but I still can enjoy the show as a good story. And I think what a lot of people are experiencing when they watch the show is it's the story of of people who lived in first century Galilee. These are based on true stories. And whether or not you believe Jesus is the Son of God and the perfect sinless, you know, representation of the Godhead or God Himself, whatever it is you believe, these stories are compelling stories. And we're trying really hard to make a good television show. And I think that. People of all stripes can enjoy it. And it's been really cool to see what's been kind of a bummer. And this is one of the foundations of my interview. You mentioned my interview with Melissa. Her name is Melissa Daugherty. She has a great YouTube channel, and I've really enjoyed her videos. And so I came on because she and others were concerned about all the different faith traditions that are associated with the show, particularly LDS. And I just continue to say, I'm kind of bummed that we get to The Chosen, which is just about Jesus. There's no religion in it. There's, no, I mean, we see the Jewish religion, of course, portrayed, but the show is about Jesus. And the show is about Jesus through the eyes of those who were around him. And we're not focused on all the arguments that came after Jesus was here, and all the interpretations that men and women came up with, and all the buildings that were built to divide and conquer based on your faith denomination. This is just about Jesus. And what happens is people get to the fan club on Facebook, or they get to the comment section of YouTube, and they're going, I love The Chosen. And then someone else goes, I love The Chosen, too. And the other person goes, wait a minute, you're not supposed to be here. You're not a true believer. You believe in whatever, you know, insert faith tradition here, or insert false doctrine that they believe here. And people start wanting to, it's almost like it's their nature to immediately identify who they are, and why the people who identify differently Don't really belong, and it's not the same Jesus. And you may like this show, but in your real life, you believe in a false Jesus. And I sometimes am asked to speak into that. And that's not my job. My job is to, as Jesus says in episode four of season one, put out the net and gather the fish, all kinds. I will sort them out. And I believe my job is to gather uh, that this show is to be seen by, hopefully, and appreciated by, hopefully, and impacted to hopefully all kinds of people. And I want them to get to know Jesus better. And then what church they end up attending after they watch the show is really not, I can't worry about that. I can't focus on it. And I can't spend time making sure they go to the church that I approve of. My job is to make the best show that I can so that Jesus is known. And I'll say this very quickly, and I'll wrap up my answer here real quick, which is when the FBI was training all their workers to understand counterfeit money... They didn't try to introduce them to all the hundreds of different types of counterfeit bills. They made sure that they knew exactly what the real deal was. And so I feel like my job is to make you know exactly what the real deal of Jesus is, who Jesus really was. And then if you see counterfeit Jesuses, or if you see false interpretations, that you recognize them because you know who the real Jesus is.
0: I really hope you're enjoying today's episode. I'd love to see where you're listening from. You can snap a pic and tag me at Leanne Vogel or leave a review for the show on your favorite podcast player. It helps me out tremendously. Okay, back to the good stuff. I'm so happy you added that last piece. It's so interesting. Your story of how you created the show, just this one person sharing that piece that you and your family had talked about. It's not your job to feed what I can't remember what the story, it's not your job to feed the 5,000 and just that whole process of how you got to where you are with the chosen. I've been praying about how I can better share my faith and I've been asking just like I need some guidance and you sharing that right now really, really blessed me just now because I've been talking to all sorts of people and trying to wrap my head around what is my faith and how do I share? And maybe I should learn about what Mormons believe and what these people believe and what those people believe. And you sharing that is just, I just need to know what the real deal is. And then I know what everything else is not. So thank you for sharing that
1: of course and i yeah to clarify real quick so that when when my movie failed in 2017 and i didn't know what my future held god laid it on the heart of a friend of mine that i barely knew to tell me it's not your job to feed the 5000 it's only to provide the loaves and fish and of course, I, the loaves have to be keto friendly and the fish needs to be uh, with olive oil on it so that you get a high fat content. But whatever loaves and fish that you're providing, that's your job. That's your responsibility. And it's God's job to feed the 5,000 to do the miracle of that. And I think that applies to whatever it is that you feel called to do. And. What's going to happen? It's going to happen often, where you'll talk about Jesus on your show, or you'll talk about something you're learning, and there will be someone who will say, oh, make sure that you read this book, and make sure that you don't go down this path, and oh, I think you misinterpreted that. And there's a lot of Pharisees out there who feel the need to not only make sure that you know God, but that you fit into the box that they have created. And it's sometimes hard to know the difference between the box they've created and the box that God created. And I think the safest place to be in is to focus on Jesus. And the theology piece and all that is all important. I mean, I've been a believer my whole life, at least as long as I can remember. I went to Bible school. I studied the scriptures. I still am learning new things. I'm still exploring doctrine. It's all important. But not every video, not every show, not every stream, not every podcast episode has to cover all of it or has to call out the falseness of anyone else one thing at a time. and. My job with The Chosen is to lay out a net and gather all kinds of fish and then God can sort them out or the relationship that they have with God is their own and not for me to try to speak into or address or correct every time I talk to them.
0: Yes, wonderful clarification. And so we've talked about your show a lot. How can people listen? How can they get involved? How can they watch all all of it? How can they
1: watch? Yes. I hope hope they're not just listening. I hope they also get to watch it. Yes. Um, Yes. How
0: can they watch?
1: (laughs) Yes. So uh, The Chosen is totally free. But if you say, well, why isn't it on Netflix or on a cable channel? Yeah, it's not on any of the traditional networks. We did this completely outside the system. Uh, season one was, it was crowdfunded. The future seasons have been uh, funded by people just choosing to what we call pay it forward. But if you just want to watch the show, you go to wherever you get your apps. So you know, whether it's Google Play or the App Store, and you download the chosen app, it's totally free. It takes less than a minute to download. It's easy. You don't have to sign up for anything. You don't have to give your email address. And then the show is completely free. Now, you may say, I don't want to watch a show on my phone. Well, I get it. Neither do I. You can cast it directly to your streaming device. Roku, Apple TV, Fire Stick, Chromecast. You can just cast it directly to your streaming device. And again, you don't need to sign up for anything. You don't need a subscription to anything. I could go to your house, or I think you're on a houseboat now, right? Are you guys like on, out on the... Every time I see pictures... A trawler.
0: Yeah, yeah, we're a trawler. on a trawler. I'm in a hotel right now, but a trawler okay. generally.
1: <laughs> yeah, but I could go to someone's house and just and connect my app to their Roku. And we could be watching it on television, free and easy, no subscription required. And uh, season one and most of season two are out now on the app. And uh, yeah, that's as simple as I can make it.
0: It's quite simple. I have a phone. I have a Roku. I live on a boat. Anyone can do it. If I can do it, you can do it. It's very, very simple.
1: (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And if you have any issues, I mean some people who are technologically less advanced. I mean, I'm I'm one of those people. I'm not very good with technology. Or if it's just something new and you're a little scared of it, there is a help button in the app. The support team is happy to help you kind of work through it. But it really is easier than it looks. Occasionally Apple does an update or whatever and in, in the app, you have to restart it or have to uninstall it. That happens with lots of different apps. But it really is totally free. It really is easy and no one's forcing you to pay or do anything. You can just watch it and enjoy it.
0: And really, really enjoy it and probably cry. So, just a warning. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah, you Dallas, probably thank will you. cry. That, that,
0: that's <laughs> you probably will cry. Thank you yeah. so much for coming on the show today. I really appreciated just getting to understand more of your keto journey and how busy your schedule is and how easy it is to follow the ketogenic diet. And I hope that this conversation helps a lot of people who say, I'm just too busy. I can't make it all work and that they get to check out a new television show. So, thank you again for coming on.
1: Yeah, I really loved it. We'll have to do it again sometime, but thank you.
0: I hope you really enjoyed today's episode. You guys can grab the Chosen app, which is where Dallas Jenkins posts all the Chosen episodes. I will include links in today's show notes for that. And then also he mentioned the Power of Habit book, which I'll also include in the show notes. If you're unsure where to access the show notes, no worries. Just go to Google and type in the app you're using and then show notes and Google will magically show you how to access these things. If you're still unsure, you can go to ketodietpodcast.com and look for episodes episode 328 and everything will be there. <gasps> okay, next up on the show, Sunday, August 22nd, episode 329. We're talking about preparing for perimenopause with Dr. Soma sendal And then Wednesday, August 25th, We have episode 330 with Jennifer Nelson Hawks, and we're going to be talking about what to do when your body isn't responding to nutrition changes. Like you've changed all the things and everything's still the same. And what do you do? I know that some of you can relate to this. I know that I personally can. Um, So I'm looking forward to seeing you for that. Have a great rest of your week and I will see you soon. Bye.